Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Two-Faced Fake Snakes, the podcast from the little-known Irish hip-hop act, The Lineup. Here, as usual, with me today is Toomey, which would make me Professor T. And last time we spoke to you, we finished off talking about our first album, Cameras Action Doom, and we went through, not a track by track, but we certainly went through the highlights of that album. That and reflected well upon us. Exactly, and we left out the ones that reflected poorly on us. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, today what we have for you is we're going to bring you further along in the story. Okay, so welcome back. So, at the end of the last episode, we discussed how we recorded our first album, Cameras Action Doom, and we kind of left it there. You know, we went into the songs and we described the motivation for writing some of the tracks, etc. But we didn't really talk about the how it was received. Um, so, oh, yeah. what are your right. memories of that to me? How, how the album was received by our peers and people we <laughs> gave it out to? Well, it was first of all, it was our confidence when we thought before we showed it to anyone that it was going to be really well received <laughs> for some reason we thought we had gone straight to our heads so we thought this is going to be great so we we made an album we we got it onto cd format we created a like a album cover didn't we for cameras yeah I, I created some piece of shit album cover yeah, yeah. it was a complete rip off of pink floyd the wall but it just yeah, said it was a wall for some reason yeah it was no yeah. it was just a rip off of the wall but it said cameras action doom on the wall rather than the, <laughs> the wall so the, the imagery didn't make sense at all? Uh, well, my, the logic was that the font I chose for the words Cameras Action Doom was the closest thing I could find to spray paint. And the logic was it was kind of loosely linked to hip-hop culture where ah, graffiti, so graffiti and things ah. are. So it was graffiti on a wall. Graffiti that's on a wall. Oh, Cameras that's Action so Doom. Bad. That's yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah, and then so we made that album and we released it around school. We showed it to people around school and we started to charge people for it as well. We did actually. We, we had the audacity, and that's funny because we were recording this on <laughs> Audacity. Program. But uh, we had the audacity to write up a list of people's names in our classes and we put tick boxes beside their names and one of the fields was how many copies of the album would you wish to purchase? Was it, was it quantity, was it? Quantity, yes, that was, that was the field, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was. How many copies of it? Because <laughs> you wouldn't be buying one. You'd be buying a couple for your friends, obviously, as well. Of course, yeah. So quantity, their names, and the price was €5. Euro. And we sold quite a few of them, actually. Uh, yeah, I remember that we didn't lose money from the production of the album because to make the CDs cost about €2 euro or so per CD. Well, we had to. We went out and actually bought cases. cases and we uh, bought CDRs. We bought CDRs. They were probably uh, they were a bit more expensive back then than they would have been later on. Um, I wouldn't even say it cost us a euro per CD. We made yeah. a fortune. Well, we made, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I know we didn't lose money. Maybe we hundred euros coming into my head. Uh, we probably made about hundred. I'd say. Yeah. Realistically, we probably sold about twenty for a fiver. I remember we gave away a lot of them for free as well. Yeah, uh, we could have sold twenty or thirty. Oh yeah, I'd say that was enough to get you in the Irish top forty. Anyway. <laughs> at the time, except we were underground at the time. Yes, yeah, uh, we never quite made it above ground. But, uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> really? <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> like a technodrome coming from the uh, Dimension X. Uh, Dimension X. Yeah. Kind of like that. I think you referenced uh, the Dimension X. Split. There was a few turtles references in your songs. <laughs> Coming through like a technodrome. Yeah. yeah, and Splinter. And why is it on Splinter, Splinter at the, the intersection? intersection? Whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> why was I at the intersection? Why was Splinter 
particularly wise at the intersection. Why was there? There was no intersection. It was as if you were referencing something from the turtles, but you just made up the reference. Yeah, but I, I was more focused on the flow. And wiser than splinter at the intersection. I think intersection rhymed with, with the previous word. The previous word. It didn't make, but the, the lyrics were poor and yeah. uh, strange. S- splinter was wise, so <laughs> it was partly true. But that was actually correct, yeah. An intersection, true. to the best of my recollection, never played any part in the turtles or the turtles' yeah. mythology. <laughs> <laughs> like an intersection of roads. No, no, they were underground the whole time, first of all. <laughs> so there would have been no intersection or Su- sewer, sewer intersection, perhaps. Or yeah, maybe you were different. Maybe, maybe you were thinking of Donatello's portal from the real world into Dimension X. Maybe that was the intersection. <laughs> Yes, that was it. That saved your ass there. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That history you tell that that was it. Okay, excellent. Uh, anyway, so I've completely lost my train. We were just saying that we we released it around school and we got like some really good feedback. Yes, we did. Yeah. And I think maybe through releasing it, maybe we released it to some girls outside of school as well. Well, we used um, to kind of play at a house party, house and things like that, and so uh, it became a bit wider. Like just like people we hung around. It became with. more widely heard. Yeah, it was yeah. in our general circle. It was quite widely heard, and I think I remember one of Bonner's friends saying it was available on some file sharing service at the time. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I never remembered the name of what it was, but it was something like you know your albums on blim 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 blim. But I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Um, <laughs> and he was saying that to me as if I was supposed to be like supposed to be annoyed that our album was right. being illegal. So that means it's somewhere out there. Oh, it's in the ether, space. all right. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not because who, whoever shared it probably isn't hosting it anymore. Fourteen uh, years later, yeah. uh, or the, the website that it was probably on probably doesn't even exist anymore. But okay. it definitely was out there at some point. It's out there, yeah, and yeah. So like, we showed it to lots of different people and got like nice feedback at parties, and it was our party piece. We'd perform it and stuff. Yeah. And one of them, one of those people was a girl called Aoife Aoife Shu. Oh yes, okay. And we so, went for the full name of Identifier. Yeah, you've identified her by name. No, I'm sure she won't mind. But um, she actually kind of helped bridge the gap between finishing off the first album and us recording a much more polished, much more professionally produced second album. Yeah. So maybe fill us in there. What yeah. Happened. So Eva had just kind of randomly said, "Oh, my boyfriend's a rapper too." I think we went down to meet her boyfriend. Do you know, I think you met these people in Did advance I? of me meeting them. Did yeah, I? You were always the one making the connections and okay. meeting, pressing the flesh. <laughs> I usually just come along later and stand in the background. Yeah, so maybe I went down and I was surprised that they, first of all, I thought there would be just Irish lads, but these were like black guys from Portugal. Really cool. And really well dressed. Angolan as well. Though, Angolan, they? yeah. Portugal, Angola, like kind of immigrants to Portugal and then they moved to Ireland. And they had like a full like studio kind of set up at home like yeah. uh, on their computers they were really like well versed in it and uh, so it was like Nando was Aoife's boyfriend who was really like a nice guy and really like technologically knowledgeable and then there was a rapper uh, Sir Scratch um, Ben and he was just uh, I don't know we heard him a few times he, he'd rap mainly in Portuguese but he was just brilliant like he yeah, was just he really charismatic excellent flow and you came down maybe couple of weeks later yeah um, i felt i had complete imposter syndrome that day <laughs> oh my god completely yeah. I, was, I was down there with my fucking shit haircut and my crap clothes and they were all really well dressed like they yeah. spent a lot of money on we their were very out of our comfort zone because oh, it, yeah. it wasn't a silly song that we were going to record either no. it was a very serious song yeah reminisce and sir scratch did a deadly chorus uh, and they had like they were really good at doubling and adding reverb and yeah. producing the song like Short plan, man, the foolish reminisce. 
happy days, I've had days of pain I smiled like sunshine and cried like rain Felt different emotions through difficult times I felt confident and insecure in the same rhyme And it's amazing when I'm gazing at the past With a magnifying glass, it's the laughs That signify the last memory people have of me When I die, even my enemies will remember me as the guy With the energy, my remedy is melody True music, it soothes me, improves me I don't choose beats, yo, the beats choose me Everything happens for a reason I'm rapping what I'm feeling, revealing sadness and sorrow Gladness tomorrow is a new day, a new way of living The time for forgiving, but not for forgetting My mind is the setting of the story of glory and shame To me it's all the same when I'm reminiscing through the rhythm So memories are missing with persistence I leave the past behind in the faraway distance Reminisce the cold old days of memories Struggles and happiness going by like diamond as the clock ticks I guess I'm doing fine, it's me against the world when I rhyme Reminisce the good old days of memories Struggles and happiness going by like time And as the clock ticks I guess I'm doing fine It's me against the world when I rhyme I learned for my mom to save everything On my left side never skipped anything Love your next man, the next man love you back Pense em tudo e tento ganhar some respect Nasci antes da minha mãe pensar, resort antigo Davas para se aguentar, tudo na volta do tempo Sabendo que lembrar são um promenor de um bom exemplo Conexo ao futuro guardado As voltas que se dá Será possível viver para um mundo mudado Cinco anos de desgosto Um dia sem nada O mundo realmente está torto O que é que se passa aqui? O que é que se passa aqui? Juntamos há dois anos E não tínhamos nada Realmente hum, Tínhamos chido Reminisce The good old days of memories Struggles and happiness Going by like time And as the clock ticks I guess I'm doing fine It's me against the world when I rhyme Reminisce the good old days of memories Struggles and happiness going by like time And as the clock ticks I guess I'm doing fine It's me against the world when I rhyme Today the years are going by quicker than I can count Memories and hazy recollections and the amount Of people and places, old faces and friends Sometimes I wanna go back, sometimes I even pretend That the time has stood still and that things are the same But if there's one thing certain in this life it's change It's strange to think of those preteen years Even stranger to think that I'm 18 years old And no one told me how fast this would go I wanna go round to the past and never let go The innocence of youth is wasted on the young Warriors and legends and heroes unsung But I've begun to realize that these are the golden years So I'll abandon this nostalgia and abolish these fears A wasted life is one that never begins The real hero's not the champion, it's the loser that wins 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 Reminisce the good old days of memories Struggles and happiness going by like time And as the clock ticks I guess I'm doing fine It's me against the world when I rhyme fun right here man yeah whatever dog okay so we just listened there to reminisce and as you can hear <laughs> even as 18 year olds we were writing about how our youth had escaped us and that yeah, we felt old how hard life was and it was a struggle and, and reminiscing that 
reminiscent while being 18 on being younger than 18 that's what we thought we were like yeah. Yeah, why was if we were 40 year old people I think it was a, 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 um, as a result of being in that situation of writing a serious song that we felt we had to write in that serious manner which and that's what came out yeah so yeah that 80 years are going by quicker than I can count what the fuck like I was 18 years old yeah exactly yeah sorry I was distracted again <laughs> yeah I noticed yeah. I was trying to fill the gap <laughs> <laughs> reminisce the good old days of memories of struggles and happiness it's going by like time and as the clock ticks I guess I'm doing fine it's me against the world when I rhyme I think we noticed there uh, as well that a lot of their songs were much more about a, about a struggle than our music was yeah them against the world they probably had a much more difficult upbringing than we did yeah. and we were like we were middle class white lads from South Dublin trying to write something about a struggle and they were talking about how difficult their upbringing was probably in Angola and Portugal yeah. and having a completely different background to us and we were like I missed the times when I was 16 when we were 18 years old <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, that's how was, difficult our days of freedom at, at sixteen. The, the passage two years of ago. the passage of time was our struggle. The, the inevitability of the passing of time <laughs> of aging from yeah. sixteen to eight. That was the, the yeah the highest. That was the most difficult story. thing we encountered <laughs> in our lives. Yeah. So anyway, to to sort of go along with the story, we got to know them a bit, and then it sort of emerged that we wanted we could do a gig together. Yeah. Now I was trying to piece together the timeline before we'd started recording, but. Did the gig, in fact, happen after we collaborated on a song with them, or did it happen before? Or does it fucking matter? It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, so so we had an album's worth of material at this yeah. point. And um, we were keen to do a gig, and oh, yeah. they had experience, and we came together and we said, why don't we do a gig together? Yeah. And, yeah, we, we decided to do it down at Scott's in Dunleary. So, yes, yeah. and, uh, we were both in first year in college at this point, and... Uh, as an in in college because I was still kind of very quiet and shy I went around telling people that I was a rapper and uh, mm. on like day one in college and I remember this girl I was friends with at the time Sheena and she was actually and she ended up being a friend of a girl you were in college with at the same time as well yeah Evelyn yeah, yeah. they were mates but uh, she went around telling everybody and she was way more outgoing than I was and she was going up to people saying he's a rapper do you know he's a rapper so yeah. I was rapping on nights out and I'd handed the CD around uh, college to a few of the lads. And actually, a load of people from my college came to came out to Scots to that gig. And yeah. I'd only known them like a couple of weeks. Yeah. I barely knew them at all. And they, they made the trip out and came to see the first ever lineup gig yeah. in Scottsdale Leary. And a few people came from my college as well. I don't think I shared it as much as you, but I, I certainly told people about it. And yeah, we had a nice crowd down yeah. at that gig. That was There was a massive crowd there because all, all the lads from school came. And I remember we obviously got shit-faced before we went on stage but I yeah. remember all the people who came were absolutely shit-faced yeah. and I remember them right up the front of the stage and they were just chanting they were like to me to me to me and then trainer like yeah, yeah. pass back to you yeah, yeah. So just to backtrack slightly um, back to when we were recording the song Reminisce in Dunleary with the lads uh, we were sitting in Ferdinand's bedroom where all the equipment was set up and the microphone was set up and I started noticing this really strange smell in the bedroom. And it was kind of like, it was one of those ones that it could have been cooking or it could have been something dirt worse than that. And I was just like, this is really unusual. Like I, I was kind of sitting beside you and I was like, the fuck is this smell? <laughs> and it was, it was kind of getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's worth noting as well, this is a really nicely turned out apartment. It was really well furnished. White, white carpets. White everywhere. Yeah. There was white carpet in the bedroom. There was white carpet in other rooms yeah. in the house. There was white carpet in the hall as you walked in. Yeah. And um, 
the stuff, the smell, and really at this point, it's it smelled like you know, it smelled like shit. Yeah. And it got stronger and stronger and stronger until I was kind of turning around to you, and I think I said to you, "Do you smell something?" And you agreed that there was like a, uh, an unusual smell in the place. And I think I noticed some of the other lads kind of turning up their nose as well, going, "What the fuck is that smell?" And then I finally looked down. And on the bottom of my shoe was a massive, thick streak of shit all over my shoe. Dog shit. Dog shit all over my shoe. It couldn't have been <laughs> any more thick and disgusting. Uh, and not only that, I didn't only have shit in my shoe. I'd walk shit all around Ferdinand's house from the entry in the hall, right through the hall, <laughs> right into the bedroom. And as I looked around on the floor, there were big lumps of dog shit all over oh, his white carpet. Oh, this is the, these are the lads we were trying to impress and record a song with. We already felt out of our element, and I just smeared dog shit all over his house. And I, he was actually down on his hands and knees with with a towel and washing up liquid and hot water, trying to clear, clean brown dog shit off his white carpet to the best of his ability. But it was obviously for a, a considerable length of time. Oh, it was an impossible task. And then I was trying to clean it off my fucking shoe. And, and they, it, they were kind of grumpy with us anyway. Oh god, it was. And I had to kind of scrape it off my shoe and you know the way you can never fully get shit out of your shoe unless you're in the comfort of your own home with yeah. your own materials and <laughs> scrubbing devices and you don't have a, you're not self-conscious about you lock yourself off and, and take care of it and yeah. put on gloves and, yeah but yeah. this was just oh, it, was, it was awful so I had to take off my fucking shoes then and did the rest of the thing just sitting so- wearing socks in it didn't ingratiate yeah, ourselves. No, no, that was like that was probably the end of it then. Probably the end of that the was, future that was, glamour. There was no more songs. There were never any no, they never invited us back. Uh, but uh, yeah, but back to the gig maybe now. Okay, so uh, to go back to the gig. Back, uh, yeah, back we, to the future. Back to the future. We had decided that we would go on in the middle of short clan either side of us, because they were more established at the time. So they'd go on first to play their set, we'd come on in the middle, and then they'd come on after us. And yeah, so their expectation was that we would be shit, I would say. Yeah. And um, that they would come over and take over the show. And steal the show. And steal the show. Much like something that happened to us quite recently in the International with uh, our good mate CMA. (laughs) And I had the same result. Yeah. Uh, But probably before we get into the gig, we should also mention that at that time we got to know uh, their friend, DJ A Plus, Song Jao, a Chinese producer guy who was good technologically with music yeah and he was going to be the dj for the night the gig and he was gonna like play all our music during the gig as well so that's how we got to know him yeah do you know do you know i have no recollection at all of us telling him which beats to play or in which order or i think it was a very fast thing maybe even on the day of the gig we went maybe an hour before the gig and did a sound check i vaguely remember doing that i remember being extremely self-conscious trying to rap into the mic and i remember the cleaner woman from scott's was cleaning up around Scott's. This was the function room upstairs in Scott's, yeah, which wasn't normally room, open. Yeah. And uh, the cleaning woman was cleaning up around the place and uh, was like, "What the fuck are these lads?" Like, yeah, and it was very unusual back then. I know it's it's like I don't want to labour the point, but it's much more socially acceptable for uh, white people to rap in, in two thousand and eighteen. No. Yeah, so, yeah, but back then it was socially unacceptable in a way. Yeah, or just weird and odd. It was unusual. Unusual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so we were self-conscious, and yeah, we did that sound check, um, and then we decided we'd go off and get absolutely pissed. Pretty sure we got a nagging. And, and, and we'd had drink already. We had well. drink. We had drink taken. Yeah. And we, went, <laughs> we went off and had cans. We disappeared off somewhere. I think we went down to Dunleary Pier or something. Yeah, somewhere down there to yeah. reflect and yeah. get ready for the gig. And by the way, at this stage, we'd done no rehearsal for the gig whatsoever. No. 
So our DJ wasn't familiar with the songs he was going to play for us. In the, I in think the you were probably telling him in between songs which between. beat to put on. Yeah. I, I, I vaguely even remember you probably shuffling with records in the background. Yeah, because like if you look back at it on at that day, at that album, there was only two or three records that were used. And I think you'd actually marked with pieces of masking tape which beats. Which beats, or, or written it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember bits of masking tape at, yeah. at the start of the... Yeah, so that's maybe how we did that. But there was no rehearsal with Dennis about that. It was just telling them we hadn't rehearsed at all. But we thought we'd be grand that like we'd go up there and we just the lyrics would come to us and we'd deliver a knockout performance. Do you know what was funny as well? We didn't even know the songs off by heart because yeah. we wrote them in many cases and then recorded them on the same day. It's not as if we'd been living with these songs for years and yeah. we were artists who'd been touring and playing these songs live and we knew them inside out. They were just as unfamiliar to us almost as unfamiliar to us as somebody hearing them for the first time because we'd only really heard them a few times and yeah and I think like it was arrogant that we didn't rehearse but also it didn't occur to us to no rehearse. it didn't occur but we did do other things like we we, we took it seriously we went and got t-shirts printed yeah uh, uh, kind of subversive kind of taking yeah. the piss t-shirts and, and stuff like and that and mine read slogan shite and mine said t-shirty bollocks t-shirty bollocks and yeah. there's actually a, a story attached to that as well so we were basically taking the piss out of at the time cool t-shirts which had some cool slogan across them they kind of still exist to this day but in the mid 2000s they were more popular more prominent there was definitely a period of that yeah and it was like you buy them in music or not music city motion picture or whatever and uh, they'd have some slogan on them and whatever uh, (laughs) so we said let's just get ones that say slogany shite and t-shirty bollocks so satire almost yeah and we went to a place at the top of Jervis Street Shopping Centre to get them printed and it was ridiculously expensive at the time I think it was 22 euro per t-shirt or Mm. something but uh, we wanted to put in the effort and have make some effort for stage clothes and stuff so we went and got this done so we got black t-shirts with white lettering on them and I went in to collect we went in to collect them they'd done yours correctly slogany shite and mine said on a t-shirt bollocks yeah and I went back up and I was like look this isn't what I asked for and I, I, I had written very clearly in capital letters on a piece of paper which they require you to fill out before they print your t-shirt and I had written t-shirty bollocks with all in caps and they had given me a, a centred thing that said t-shirt on the top and bollocks on the bottom but it was nice and aligned correctly and it was centred in the centre of the t-shirt <laughs> so I gave it back to them and what they did was they tacked on a Y to the end of the word t-shirt ruining the centering of it okay. because it wasn't correctly aligned if you think of a Microsoft Word document yeah. and you've centered it but yeah. then they just tack on a Y at the ah, end that's, that's so that was yeah. so I had to bring it back for a second time and she was like oh okay I see what you mean and then there was something else wrong with it she did it wrong twice she did it wrong twice maybe the second time she did just t-shirt bollocks was yeah no she did t-shirt bollocks the first I'll say it, T-shirt bollocks was the wrong the first time. Yeah. And so I brought it back. The time she put on the And then she tacked on the way at the end. Yeah. And there was something wrong again because I went back again. And I remember she said, oh, third time lucky, is it? And I was like, <laughs> kind of going, no, not third time lucky. No, I'm paying you for a service, which is the only service you provide specifically. You're a T-shirt printing company. <laughs> and you can't get the thing that I'm asking you to do correct. So third time lucky is like fucking home. serving you the wrong meal three times. Yeah. It's like at a restaurant, like I mean, it's the only professional service that they offered was T-shirt printing, and they <laughs> were getting their back on you. They were getting their uh, nose out of joint because I correctly pointed out that they made a balls of it. Anyway, really sorry for yeah. ranting no, there. No, that that really frustrated me at the time. Um, Arsholes. <laughs> uh, the shops closed down now anyway, so fuck them. Um, anyway, we've eventually got the correct T-shirts co- printed correctly, centered correctly with Y's. But we we were off conferring after having gotten the T-shirt back. 
which said which said t-shirt bollocks on it the first time and we both were in agreement that the humour hung in the Y <laughs> yeah that was where the humour lay yeah it just wasn't funny t-shirt bollocks wasn't funny no but t-shirty t-shirty that's kind of like more taking the piss out of it but t-shirt bollocks isn't funny t-shirty bollocks slogan shite yeah slogan shite is not funny no slogan yeah 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 exactly so the humour hung in the Y and I'm glad I went back and stood up for myself. Yeah. Anyway, so we did get T-shirts printed, uh, and we came onto the stage when we eventually did come on wearing green dressing gowns. Green dressing, which gowns. became a trademark of ours as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, and we had we were fa- had our backs to the audience, I think, and we had like our, our arms spread out. Yeah, and like Chris Jericho, the wrestler. And yeah, the and the dressing gown was really a Ric Flair robe. Really, that's kind of yeah. I think where I got the so idea. So here we are. We came on stage after having a nagging and about three or four cans. No rehearsal done. Didn't know the lyrics well enough at all. Turned around, huge crowd there. Yeah, I'd say there was over 100 people there. And off we went. Yeah, and and, I'm sorry, let's just reiterate we had never rapped live in our lives before with a beat playing in the background. The panicky thing was that the the song had started, but with no monitor or or a beat coming from behind us. So the speakers were facing out into the crowd so they could hear the beat. Yeah. But we couldn't hear So just the beat. in case anyone doesn't know, a monitor is a, f- a speaker that's on the ground in front of you, that faces you, where you can hear your own lyrics or you can hear the beat. You can hear whatever you channel through the monitor, basically. Yeah. Some people, guitarists, will have them set up so they might hear the drums or the bass. Rappers might have them set up so they can hear the beat and maybe a bit of their own lyrics or a bit of the other person's lyrics. But yeah. you can mess with or around with the kind of inputs into your monitor. The sound had to reverberate, I think. Off the back of the off wall. Off the back of the wall, yeah. the back of the the um, room yeah. and come back to us so there was a delay as well yeah so we didn't uh, know our lyrics we hadn't rehearsed yeah we our first ever gig and we couldn't hear the music <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's just say we forgot all of our lyrics we were for every song yeah, <laughs> we were we were <laughs> and there was a crowd there going to me trainer <laughs> to me yeah. trainer and yeah. uh, somehow somehow we pulled it off oh we yeah pan- well. we went got through the panic of that yeah during the gig I was rapping a verse at the same time as you because I thought it was my turn to rap yeah. and you it was correctly it was your turn yeah and remember I couldn't hear you because the, from the speaker so I didn't know you were rapping but it, it did occur to you at some point you saw me rapping my verse at the same time and on the video you can see you, you'd actually take my microphone from me and you start rapping into both microphones <laughs> at once the most egotistical moment of my, my career yeah uh, and yeah I thought it was a cool look to have the two microphones but actually, and I was just left there <laughs> nothing. destroyed your confidence yeah no but you kind if you go back to the video we'll have a look at it you, you kind of make it into a laugh okay yeah I know I'm sure what's, what's in, like we performed for about 45 minutes that night not knowing the lyrics etc but we pulled it off yeah we did yeah, the we, crowd we, were fucking laughing we had some sort of stage presence and we involved the crowd and we did some we did like a lot of freestyle rapping some of the, ver- the lyrics we brought back in the choruses we probably yeah. got in there and then we had them for let's go out and get pissed at the end yeah let's go out and get everybody was chanting that like and then then when we were finished, Short Clan came back on and everyone fucked off. <laughs> so we got a huge ovation again. Yeah. These lads who completely thought we were going to be shit and yeah. thought we were worthless and yeah. rubbish. And yeah. They weren't wrong in some cases. Yeah. But yeah, we, we like, they were all our friends, but it still went down really well. No, I meant, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah the, no, the crowd. Yeah. And yeah, we got a like, big ovation at the end. We had felt after that that we had done a great gig because somehow we pulled it off. Yeah. Like, it wasn't about the delivery of the lyrics. Again, it was just, I think it was being on stage, being creative, being funny. We made lots of jokes up there. We got the crowd involved. And, yeah, never has a gig gone so badly in terms of technically and the performance of it. Yeah, kind of gone so well at the same time. time. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think on that night, did we go over to Nemo's? Uh, after. <laughs> Darren McGee went up to the DJ and said, I have two rappers here. And he introduced us as T-shirty bollocks and slogany shite. I was like, no, they're not our names. Our yeah. names are Toomey and Professor Yeah, Toomey. so this was the, the dance floor was packed. Uh, common goers from Dunier. Common goers? What? I'm completely. What the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, people who come like regular. Uh, commoners. <laughs> commoners. Commoners. People commoners. People regularly go to, to the night. Regulars. Regulars of the Yes, regulars of the Nemo nightclub. So at the peak of the, the night, their night out, he stopped at their, the normal songs, played a beat, just an instrumental, and we got up and we rapped in front of all of the people in Nemo Yeah. And we probably did a much better job in Nemo's because we could actually hear ourselves. Yeah, and of they all clapped us as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it went down really well. And from that, uh, yes. from that one interaction that night, the bar manager came over to us. The bar manager came over to us and said that he was looking to book acts for Nemo's for regular slots, and he'd be interested in us doing a gig in Nemo's. We'd only just done our first ever gig over across the road in Scots, but yeah. I think we played up that we were a bit bigger than we were. Yeah. And our second then ever gig ended up being in Nemo's, but we'll kind of we'll get to that in a bit, I think. And I remember on the day we found out. We were like, okay, we, have you got the setup? We were talking to the manager and we were like, okay, I, you got the two microphones. He was like, I don't have any microphones. Yeah. And that was a big panic for us because all we had was a half broken microphone. Yeah. And we only found out a couple of hours before the gig. So we went along to this gig with a terrible microphone from Power City. Yeah. And we were passing that from one of, one of us to the other. And it was just like, technically that, that failed in us. It was rubbish, but yeah. also, the sound failed. The, the, sound, the sound system failed. failed. The beat stopped playing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd rap and then the, the, the songs would stop. The beat would cut out. Yeah. And it just looked terrible passing the microphone to each other yeah, as well. Yeah. And I think, I remember you expressed some annoyance about this years down the line, but I kind of gave up quite easily. Oh, uh, <laughs> three, three or four songs in. I think I said that to you like about 10 years later. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I confronted yeah. you. I think we could have made more of it than we did because I think we, it was cutting out but I think I felt you got a bit too pissed off in that we could have put on a slightly better show that yeah now do you know what happened I got I got embarrassed because uh, I'd invited all these people along and the, the previous gig had such a good reputation yeah. and then we just looked like amateurs it looked shit and, yeah. and there, there was no stage um, no there was no stage we were on the same level, level yeah um, people there and technological issues yeah yeah so after four songs i think we called it a night mm. but uh as a, as a funny point the bar manager who had uh asked us to perform that never at any point popped his head upstairs to see how well it was going yeah. and we actually got paid 250 euro for this yeah that we was the fee euro each and dj plus got 50 yeah <laughs> what a what a profit i know it was ridiculous <laughs> we, we only had to spend a few quid did we even spend any quid did we rent anything for that i don't think we rented no, anything just pure yeah. profit and uh, your man actually came up to us and goes, look, lads, I'd be willing to book you in for a regular monthly slot. And I think we were so shaken by our crap experience with the yeah. technology. And by the shitness of Nemo's as a, as a 
venue. Yeah, and, and our probably our lack of confidence in our ability to generate a crowd the next time. And our arrogance as well, because we kind of dismissed him. Yeah, <laughs> that we never followed him up on his offer. Yeah, we, we kind of fobbed him off. We, I said I'll get it, I'll keep in touch with you, and then I never actually contacted him again. Yeah, I remember him going off, or us leaving the gig that night when it was all over, and he was kind of saying goodbye, and I just sort of ignored him. Because at the time, I was silently furious with him for not setting up microphones or not having a good enough sound system yeah. for us to perform. So I was pissed off. I think we were both pissed off. Uh, was it, what, it didn't leave a nice taste. And on top yeah. of all that, um, so we mentioned that Stephen Bonner was involved in the lineup on three of the tracks on Cameras Action Doom. And he, there was, it was never explicitly discussed whether or not he was a full member of the lineup. But me and Toomey were, being you, sorry, were kind of a bit arrogant and we thought that our songs were probably better than his ones and it was just stupid youthful ignorance and, and arrogance we also thought that we would have more stage presence than him because because he was quite shy at the time and when he would rap with us he would rap in a sort of more quiet voice yeah i'd say that's that's fair so say. we thought that if he came along and performed with us as part of the lineup that he would reflect badly on us so we didn't tell him that we were doing a gig um we didn't tell him about... I don't know if we told him about the first gig. We didn't tell him about Scott's. We no. certainly didn't tell him about the one in Nemo's. And then he showed up in he Nemo's. showed up in Nemo's, yeah. Having heard that we were putting so on we a So we completely gig. screwed him. Basically. We did, yeah. We were sorry, absolutely... Sorry, Stephen, if you ever hear this. <laughs> we were underhanded and we went behind his back and we did a gig without telling him. And he kind of assumed, I think, and it would have been fair, a, a fair Very assumption for him to make. He assumed that he was proper a proper part of the lineup and we never told him otherwise we never told him anything spinelessly we never confronted the issue yeah uh, but we just on the sly behind his back went and organized the gig and he came and he confronted us that night and he was pretty pissed off and he had a right to be we should have addressed it with him and talked to him about it yeah but we didn't no i was sneaky and uh, he was he was pretty pissed off with us and he had a right to be pissed off and uh, there was it's dare i say it beef <laughs> for, for a while <laughs> extra bit we just had a bad night a bad experience with that gig yeah coming back to us selfishly pretty much yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah it kind of add, added to the sour taste um, so but that is Water Under the Bridge we did uh, patch it up with Stephen Bonner and we've actually since done gigs with him recently on a number of occasions so all is good in the hood <laughs> but uh, there's no beef that was the closest we ever came to having salad, legitimate salad days yeah no. legitimate music beef uh, but um, I suppose people probably go through that everyone probably goes through that to an extent misunderstandings and stuff yeah yeah Okay, so welcome back, and we're going to wrap it up here. So, what we intend to cover next time is, um, so we eventually met another lad who we collaborated with. His name is Ian White, and he recorded a few songs with us. Um, some of his own beats he produced as well. So that was our first taste of maybe recording an original song from scratch. Yeah. Um, and then through that, we kind of ended up. Well, we recorded a few songs with him, and then Dennis accompanied us to one of these recording sessions, Dennis, who had been our DJ, and then Dennis ended up offering his production services to us. Yeah, and we might like like just put signpost that there and start off with that the next yeah. time. If that's okay. right. Yeah, okay. So, um, thanks for joining us again, and we'll see you next time.
having fun right here, man. Yeah, whatever, dog. Yeah, whatever, dog.